Hi, my name is Jen Rulon, and you may know me as Coach Jen. After knocking out 15 Ironman triathlons, I am an everyday healthy human just like you. In this podcast, we will discuss how to metamorphosize into an everyday healthy human through healthy physical habits and mindsets, as well as authentic living. Let's transform together in this journey called life and become the best everyday healthy human ever. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. My name is Jen Rulon, but you may know me on the gram as Coach Jen. Well, today I have a very, very special guest, friend, Frank Soul. Frank and I connected how many years ago? Oh, it's probably about four years ago, four or five years ago, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About four years ago. And uh, Frank is the owner of Soul Swim Solution, and he's a triathlon coach. And Frank and I connected uh, because he hired me to help him grow and build his already successful coaching, triathlon coaching uh, platform. So, Frank, thank you so much for being on this podcast because uh, we just talked for 30 minutes prior to recording. Jen, it's always it's always good to catch up with you. Um, yeah, and again, it's been a, uh, a quick four years. Um, we have met at Ironman Arizona on a couple of different occasions. We've We've been out to dinner with my wife Laura and I, and we we we've, we've connected, and it's been uh, it's been a great journey. And, and you changed my swim; that got me yeah, yeah. much better for the, my last Ironman. I mean, we were also at a coaching summit too together. Yes, we were. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we were at the coaching yeah. summit, right? So, uh, so tell everybody, tell my followers a little bit about you. Well, again, my name is Frank Soul. I own a uh, coaching business called Soul Swim Solutions. I have been a a swim coach for 25 years. I am uh, a level five ASCA, which is the American Swim Coaches Association uh, certified coach, fitness coach. I have uh, certifications in uh, functional movement. And yeah, all of those certifications sounds great, but uh, I, I want to make sure that I'm capable of applying those elements to each uh, each one of those elements to my athletes to make them a better and successful athlete and a better and successful person. I've been at this game for a long, long time and uh, still learning each and every day. I'm, I'm humbled enough to know that what I know has been through hard work and through dedication to the sport, but I'm continually learning every day. And I, uh, Jenna, if you don't mind, I'd like to add, I um, got in contact with you by happenstance because we asked each other, how do we find each other? I found you online on Instagram, and I always want to surround myself with like-mindedness and with successful people. And success breeds success, and we are a part product of who we with who we hang around with. You know, an Ironman athlete now still train in the water five days a week, and still at this sport that I love uh, for uh, for so long. Yeah, and I love that you moved. If you don't mind me saying, you moved to the villages in Florida, and you're going to be a swim coach for them down there, which my mom lives in the villages and I cannot wait for you guys to meet. Yeah, that'd it's be just fun. amazing. That'd be fun. And yeah, I just I love it. Um so you really wanted that push to uh get your book out and the book is is called The Five Bs. It was a long title. 
the five B's to a successful triathlon swim. That's right. It, it, it's fun. And I wrote that book a few years ago and you were uh, very, very instrumental And in, because I was struggling. I, I, I knew I had the uh, the material, but I needed that that oomph to get over the top and the belief that, you know, because I think any writer will tell you a self-doubt will come in. You question it. Does the world need another book like this? I never promised the universe that I would write a masterpiece. I just simply promised the universe that I would write a book. And uh, it's ironic that yesterday, my wife, Laura, said to me, she goes, oh, we're, we collected some royalties on your book this, uh, this month. Right. How much? Don't know. Don't care. It's the idea that people are buying it and applying it. And um, yep. what I did was I wrote and uh, used the premise of the bees as belief, uh, uh, biomechanics, breathing, uh, body position, balance. Those things were important to me as I coach an athlete up from where they're at to the next level in their swim. So I wrote a book around it. And in my world and in my eyes, it's been a successful adventure into the world of writing. And I'm now working on a second book uh, that um, is a little bit different, but uh, I'm enjoying the writing piece. And it is important for me to go after this because I, I, I always wanted to write. And I had just sat up one day early one morning and said, stop, Do you, either write or, or just shut the hell up in your brain. And so I, I decided to write it. And you were instrumental in giving me that, um, what's that? How do we put this? A good little kick in the ass to get it going, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's all it took. Yep. Yeah. Because I've self-published two books and I, and it's funny because I look back at the book, my first book on the strength training, I'm like, oh, I need to up, update that. But I'm like, ah, in due time, you know, but I did self-publish two books and then I, I had a publisher reach out to me for my third book. So what I like about self-publishing books is that it's almost like a business card. You know, like, if oh, you're, it is. Yeah. you know, like you're, if you're at wherever you're, you know, it's like, Hey guys, like go check out, like you start coaching. Hey, go to Amazon and, and y'all, I'll put the link in there for Amazon for uh, Frank's book. So then you can sit there and improve on your swim with those, those five B's. Um, let's talk about people not doing the work and expecting results. I've seen this with athletes. I've actually had to let athletes go because they sit there and they're like, well, I'm not getting in, I'm not improving my swim. And then they're not swimming. And so then they want to come and blame me for the lack of coaching. It's like, no, look at the data. You're not swimming. If you're not doing the work, you're not going to get results. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And listen, I think you as an athlete, myself as a coach athlete, yourself as a coach athlete, you know, using David Goggins, uh, and I'm sure many of your listeners uh, and viewers are aware who David Goggins is. If not, you got to Google the guy. He refers to it as the accountability mirror. And I have to do that often is stand there and challenge myself. You didn't do it. You didn't do the work. You, were, you weren't prepared for the work. You weren't prepared for the phone call. You're five pounds overweight, 10 pounds overweight, whatever the case. You have to call yourself out. We don't do that very well anymore as a society. We Frank Soul, I'm speaking me for me. If you feel compelled to group yourself into that, it's time to call yourself out. I wasn't calling myself out. I was finding excuses too many times. Somebody just sent me something the other day. Uh, everybody has an excuse for being sore. Everybody has an excuse for being tired. Everybody has an excuse for not doing the workout. Don't be everybody. Mm, I love that. I Don't love be everybody. That. Right. 
I just think that we've created this mindset to give ourselves an out and no longer can we give ourselves an out. If you didn't do the work for the swim, if you didn't do the work for the bike and the run, if you had too many other obligations, we have to own that, right? Mm -hmm. The coach is responsibilities to post those workouts, get some feedback from you, give you support where you need it. Now it's your time and turn to go get it done. If you did not communicate back to the coach that you were struggling, that you were having a problem, coach, why am I still swimming my hundreds on a 235? That's concerning, right? I mean, if you're going to do an Ironman, there's some things called a cutoff that is going to make it very difficult for you to finish that swim and or get out and be productive on the bike. So to answer that question, I do believe that is like you, I've gotten very good at this. I'm not proud of this but I've been letting athletes go. In the years past, I, I, I'm going to bring them up. 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 But the reality is if they are not willing to do what they are supposed to do in a kind of a verbal contract with you as a coach, there's nothing you do for that athlete. So what I think I'm doing now is I throw it out to God in the universe that I'm attracting athletes who should be with Frank Soul. I'm not attracting athletes that should be with Jen Roulon or with any other triathlon coach. I am attracting athletes who are being drawn to me because of my energy, my commitment, uh, my dedication to their success. But I make it very clear, here's what's expected of you. You do this, this, and this. You have no other choice but to succeed. You're right. It's been a while that I've had to let athletes go because I've had... I did the same thing many years ago. Bring me the athletes or the people that need to be around Jen Rulon who want to be coached by a triathlon, who want life coaching, who want to be on my app, whatever that might be. I've realized I'm tracking, attracting those people because that's who I want to be surrounded with. I want to inspire and, and motivate those that want to be inspired and motivated. Like I literally got back from getting my brakes fixed yesterday. And I was like, oh, I don't want to work out. I don't want to strength train. I, d I just want to go for a walk on the beach, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, shut the heck up, Rulon, and get out there. It's it, You're walking out to the, your patio to, gr to do a workout. So sometimes we have to talk about that ourselves. You know, like we have to talk, we have to look at, like you said, look at ourselves in the mirror. Absolutely. And in comparison, yesterday, I um my wife says, okay, we got we to be at our workout for 10 a.m. yesterday morning for our swim. Uh, my wife's a swimmer too. And we get there and all the way we're driving there, I could have given you 8 million reasons why I didn't want to swim. Okay. Got in the water, had a good, good, solid workout. And then you get out and you say to yourself, why in the hell would I not have done this? Why would I have skipped this? Why would I deny myself the, the mental brain cleaning that I get when I'm in the water. I call it going to church. It's like going to church for me. It's it's a spiritual event. And I feel so energized because we know that as we exercise, your brain starts to create these positive chemicals that dump into the body and you just got to feed off of that. And everything we're talking about here, Jen, is really mindset, right? It's all 100%. mindset. Yes. Jen, you know, I know what you're saying, but you don't know what I'm going through. Yes, we do. Yes, okay? we do. Yeah, but you don't know my job. Yes, I do. You don't know that I have kids. Yes, I do. Because we all know people who are finding a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. Or 
you've taken on a challenge that was too aggressive. Yeah. But I had, I signed up for an Ironman and I traveled three days a week and I had three kids who were both all playing traveling soccer. And then I would have to just simply say, what made this sound like a good idea? Well, it, it just seemed like I can get it done. Well, what are we going to do? Can we defer or can we double down and do what's necessary to get it done? We all live a busy life. It is demanding of us in our society. We have the power to back away. Mm-hmm. We have the power to sit down, do the David Goggins routine accountability meet- meeting, Mira, and I'm way too busy doing things that are, um, you know, uh, dancing kitties on Instagram and and ways and chasing things that are not utilizing my time effectively. Right. And you need to sit back and make those decisions. So it all revolves around mindset. First chapter of my book is all about belief. It's all about belief. If you do not live from a perspective going, I know the world is is going to hell in a handbasket, but you're not taking me with you. Right. I know that training for an Ironman is hard, but that's what I signed up to do. I know I'm not the best swimmer in the world, but I have to have a belief every time I go on deck that I'm a swimmer. I have I tell athletes all the time, oh, how about this? You're interviewing an athlete. They say, you say to them going, so what's your background? Cycling. Oh, so you're a cyclist. Yeah. Uh, how about running? Yeah, I did a half marathon. Oh, good for you. Actually, I did three. So you're a runner. Huh. So tell me about your swimming. Yeah, I get in the water all the time. Do you consider yourself a swimmer? No, that's your first mistake. If you do not act, think, and, uh, and carry on like a swimmer, I'm not talking about fake it till you make it, but if you show up at the pool, you've done a triathlon, and you've swam, you're a swimmer. I hate to tell you that. You may not be the right, you may not be a good swimmer yet, but you got to think you're a swimmer because, again, that changes brain, bread came, uh, brain chemistry. Oh, I'm not a swimmer. There you go. You're not right. a swimmer. Well, and I talked to many people who have done triathlons, who've done marathons, who've done all these events. And they're like, well, I'm not an athlete. I'm like, yes, you are. They're like, well, I just, I just did a sprint triathlon. That's a triathlon. I don't want you. You don't have to do an Ironman. You're an athlete. And so even I had that growing up, I played softball. I was on the varsity as a June, as a sophomore, like, you know, like I was, you know, but I never thought myself as an athlete because I didn't run. I wasn't on the track team. You know, I was a cheerleader, whatever. I was an athlete. It's crazy how many women, especially how many women I've talked to who have on the podcast or just in general, oh, I'm not an athlete. You know, well, you're out there swimming in the ocean. You're an athlete. You've, you've done a bike. You, you're an athlete. It's that mindset. It is mindset. And you have to have that belief. There is a fascinating book I would highly suggest if uh, some of your uh, listeners have not read is a book by uh, Carol Dweck. On it's the name of the book is Mindset, and she is a uh, sociologist, psychologist, and um, a PhD in that realm. And she talks about either you have one of two things: a growth mindset, yes, or a fixed mindset. Now, if you have a fixed mindset, going no, Coach Jen. I've tried that before. It doesn't work for me. I heard so-and-so third party from them. This doesn't work. A growth mindset is somebody who says to you is going, okay, let me let me go to the pool and actually try that, right? So those are the kind of athletes I seem to be uh, uh, really drawing into my, into my tribe uh, who are going, let me go to the pool. 
I'm going to work this and I will give them the same set maybe for the week and say, uh, let's go try this. So it, it kind of leads me to another approach that I have with mindset in regards to that is training versus workouts. Yeah. Do you think a fixed mindset can change to a growth mindset? Absolutely. We, you're not born with a, a, a fixed mindset. It's not, it's not DNA. It is a uh, the plasticity of the mind. We can change anything. If anything, I can spend a, 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 an episode on this alone. I am living proof of, of that. I have worked my, excuse my butt off to change some of the things that I've done, the way I've approached things, uh, everything from uh, uh, the, my thoughts, anger management. It's all within our power. Uh, I was sharing with you uh, a visit to the Amen Clinic, working with a psychologist and uh, uh, a team up there to to oversee what's going on in my own brain. And I made the changes because I was committed to the dollars to make sure I made those changes. So to answer your question directly, we do have that power. How bad do you want to change? How bad do you want to get out of that that mindset? And we have to do the hard work every day. I have a regimen of things that I do every single day. I don't miss habits, meditation, prayer time. I read through my Bible every day. I read out of one, two, three books every single day. Why? Because I have to change my habits to because of plasticity to go to where I want to go. So tell your athletes, my athletes, the world is that we are a living, breathing animal and we are where we are in life based on how we think. And my wife, Laura, is brilliant at this after 44 years. She will call me out on my bullet BS and saying, stop thinking that way. You got to change it. I know it makes it sound easy, but because I've of the work I've done, she redirects me to where I need to go. And I think that's important. So yes, we have that power, my dear. We do have that power. Excellent. Y'all, did you hear that? Yes, you can change yeah. from growth to fix. All right. Now let's talk about what you were talking about, training versus a workout. Yeah, absolutely. Because it really feeds in what we just talked about. People will show up to the to the pool deck. They look at their workout. They have 2,400 swim. They're 12 weeks out from their uh, A race, B race, whatever. And uh, they get in the water and they, first of all, they, boom, let's get the Garmin all set up and let's get going in here. And off they go. And it is now, many athletes, it is a pursuit to just get it done, right? They post their workout on training peaks, training tilt, any application that reports back to their coach. Coach, I got it done. Coach is busy. They look at it. They evaluate it and say, let me check with the athlete and see how things went. Mm -hmm. But what I do with athletes is completely different. I will never, ever use the word workout. When I send uh, sessions, I never use the word workout. Never, never. You Very rarely, I may slip. But I, they know that I don't mean it. I call them training sessions. Love Showing it. up on deck with a training session. Here's what coach wrote out for me. 24, 2,500 yards. Here is my purpose for you on being on deck for today. So coach, uh, so Jen, you're an athlete of mine. Why are you here on deck today? Well, I'm here to swim. Okay, great. Why are you here to swim? Well, I'm doing a half Ironman. Great. I say to Jen, why are you here on deck today? Frank uh, wrote me out this workout at 2,400 yards. What's the objective? I am working on turnover. I'm working on my two-beat kick, 
and I'm working on my head position because I have a tendency to look too far, uh, far forward. So I want to keep that chin like I have a, a, a tennis ball under here. And that's what I'm checking in with. That's what I'm focused on. And that's what I want to stay focused on. I tell athletes sometimes, I prefer you get out of the water more mentally tired than physically tired. Oh, I read an article. I shouldn't overthink it. Let me tell you something. My grandmother gives me a recipe for her world famous cheesecake. The first dozen times I make that, I better overthink every element of it. Who the heck do we think we are that we're going to get into water and swim like Michael Phelps without paying attention to the details? Yeah. Yeah. So training prepares you. This is what this trainer ride is about. Coach has me on the trainer. I'm doing uh, a zone four for 90 seconds. I want to kick my butt, take myself to another level. I want to pay attention to my breathing, pay attention to my technique. How quickly does my heart rate go down once I go back into what I call an endurance pace? Mm-hmm. How quickly can I get it down and maintain that before I go through the next round? Yeah. And I think too, like I literally just started surfing uh, over a month ago and I am obsessed I that, with by it. The way. I am obsessed <laughs> And But it's great because I don't have my phone. I have me in the ocean. That's the beauty about the pool. You know, you don't have the distractions in the pool. But when you go to a bike, sometimes you're like, let's say you're on on the trainer. You're watching Netflix or you have your phone next to you and somebody texts you. And all of a sudden, oh, I missed an interval. Like, oh, I'm not going hard enough because you're totally distracted. When you think of your programming as training and not being like, oh, I'm just going to do a workout today. Your mindset is, once again, going back to the mindset, shifts drastically. I'm training for an Ironman. I'm training for half Ironman or a marathon. I'm not, I'm training for to be, you know, a 55 year old hot surfer, you know, like that's, that's my goal, right? Yep. (laughs) To cut some waves, right? It's mindset. Mindset. So, uh, let's take this in a kind of an order. We talked about mindset, yep. which leads you to mindfulness. Minimize the distractions. My training is for my trainings. So th- I, listen, there is nothing wrong with a long ride sitting there watching Netflix. For right? sure, 100%. I, it, 100%. I, I, we all need, so we've got to find a way to motivate us to get our butts on a saddle for two and a half hours and hold an endurance pace at a specific heart rate or wattage and find a way to get it done. Sometimes you need a uh, a boost like a uh, Netflix. So when we go from mindful, when we go from mindset to mindfulness, you become aware of things that are holding you back. How many times have you heard people say to this, Coach, my race was it was horrible. I I, I don't understand. I did everything you asked me to do. Did you really? I did you do all your workouts? Yes. Did we get uncomfortable in those workouts, right? Triathletes are notorious for getting uncomfortable in the swim, uh, excuse me, the bike and the run. I don't know too many uh, triathletes are willing to get uncomfortable in the swim because I come from that rank where I coached uh, teams. I coached all the way from the national level all the way down, was elected to the New Jersey State team as a coach. And we would always tell him, kid him, hey, if you got to get out and throw up, get the hell out of the water, throw up in that corner. Do not, do not throw up in my pool and close this pool down. So that was the big joke. So we we don't learn how to get uncomfortable in the swim. We don't really learn to get how uncomfortable on in the on the bike and the run. So the reality is, are we willing to take ourselves to that place 
that is uncomfortable. And I have to question myself sometimes. I have failed at it more times than I've succeeded, but I just stay with it and continue to grow through the process. What did I learn from my walking away from this quote failure? Because there's no such thing as failure. Um, but the bottom line is be mindful. Do I have a growth uh, mindset or a fixed mindset? And then create mindfulness around it and become aware. Go, whoa, whoa, I am not paying attention to what I should be doing here. I'm chit-chatting on the wall. 20-second break turned into a 45-second oh break. Right. It happens. It happens. But you got to you just got to politely say, boom, I'm off. Got to go. Hip, go off. One thing I will tell, share with your uh, listeners, one thing that I do with all my athletes, and I get this either stone cold silence on the other end of the phone or this blank look going, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to swim this 1500 nonstop after our warm up. Uh, oh, by the way, you can't wear a watch. Yes, we've talked you about hear this. crickets. Yeah. You don't wear a watch. We use a clock on the wall for swimming. Yeah. Or, well, how, how am I supposed to count my laps? One, two, three, four. It'd make you focus on this. We, I, had a, I had a master's coach years ago. Uh, we weren't allowed to wear watches. We didn't have watches back then like that. Right. We had, to, we had to know where we were through the set. Now, the important reason for this is now we're getting into being uh, a mindful, mindfulness and paying attention to our feelings. What is the body sending back? I don't have a watch to look at. I remember years ago when I coached Eric Burns, who was in the major leagues through his first Ironman, and he ultimately went on to do 10, 11 Ironmans. And he goes, well, I'm going to stop and check my time on my watch going, Eric, my man, you can't do that. You got to trust your feel. You have to trust your stroke rate. You have to trust trust your stroke length. Yes. You have to trust your breathing. How's my kick? Am I checking in with my body? So when we get away from all this technology and start going back to kinesthetic awareness and feel and proprioception, learning to feel ourselves in an environment you, again, have no other recourse but to succeed. You have to. It's simple physics, and you have to succeed if I'm applying these things. So it's another technique I do. I would challenge any one of your athletes, go do a 500 without a watch, and then see what the time is, what you think you swam versus what you would normally swim on the watch. I guarantee you'll be within five to 10 seconds of the time you got on the watch and learn to absorb that feel, internalize that feel, Take a deep breath and going, I got this. This is what it feels like. Right. Don't always trust what this thing says to you on your wrist. Yes, it is objective. I get it. But I'm trying to train athletes from the subjective versus the objective. Yes. Even in training peaks, as a coach, I will look at, you know, I'll see green weeks. Bam, bam, bam. I'll see green lights. I'll see no comments. And then all of a sudden, like after six green weeks, I get a call like, oh my God, Jen, I have this, I have this, I'm exhausted, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why didn't you write any comments? Like you're sitting there pushing and pushing and pushing. I don't know. Your Garmin is telling me that you're doing fine and your workouts are doing well. And maybe I could see some analytics on training peaks and see, you know, the chart, the performance management chart, which is amazing as a coach, but I need to know FaceTime. I need to, I need, you know, I need somebody to say, you know what, Jen, I'm going through one of the hardest parts of my life right now. And training is the only thing that's keeping me afloat. But right now, like I, I need a break. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me that you were going through some of the hardest times? Like I need my coach or I need my athletes to be vulnerable with me 
so then I could see big picture wise. It's not just it's not just Garmin or Sunto or whatever watch we use or what, whatever kind of whatever right. kind of technology we're getting our feedback. What you just said is absolutely true. Is that we I, I want to hold my athletes responsible yeah. to let me know what's going on. Right? Hey, haven't heard from you in a few days. Yeah, life's a little tough right now. Good. I bet, can we jump on a call real quick? Which leads me to a, a, another point. There's something my athletes hear me say constantly. More isn't better. Better is better. Ooh, right. Can you repeat that again? Yeah. More? I, I stole this from a, a, a physical therapist years ago, uh, Dr. Gray Cook. Brilliant mind. I got certified under, under him as a, a movement specialist. And uh, he said, more isn't better. Better is better. Love it. All right. So if you have a butt kicking week this week, what we're going to suggest is let's take Monday and Tuesday off. Take a deep breath. You're going to be fine. 48 hours of rest is a good thing. I do believe in a lot of my athletes, not every one of them, but a lot of my athletes will uh, um, convey their HRV to me. I'm a true believer in heart rate variability as a, as a tool, learning tool and a coaching tool. Coach, I've been in the red for two days. Guess what? Tomorrow you're taking off. Take a deep breath. Go to Starbucks with a book, drink some green tea, sleep in, uh, go sp uh, take a, the dog out for a long walk, go sit outside and ground, do something, uh, no swimming. I don't even want you to put your freaking sneakers on to take the garbage out. Exactly. Put flip-flops on. So when you say this to an athlete, first of all, they know they, they the coach has their back. Number two is that I, I think we live in a Ironman, or let me back up. We live in a triathlon. I'll even back up again. We live in an endurance world where if you're not living your life like David, David Goggins, going seven days a week, I don't test re take rest days. I sleep four hours a night, deep dish pizza and uh, uh, cheesecake every night. You, sir, are an accident waiting to happen. Right. Something is out of whack. Homeostasis is being ignored. You will crash and burn somewhere along the line. It is proof that we need to sleep. It is proof that we need to walk away. It is proof that every pro does some downtime. But there are the many times, and I'm kind of throwing a couple of pros under the bus that I know who will be the first one to tell you, and they will beat you up like a racehorse, right? It, it's not the case. They don't know what is going on internally within that body. From a cellular standpoint, I don't. then the athlete starts to question themselves. Why can't I do what the so-and-so is doing? Well, there you're comparing yourself to someone else. As, co as swim coaches, what do we say? say? Whoa, focus on your own lane, man. Right. Focus on, focus your, own on lane. your own lane. So, right, be better means that you don't always have to do more. So what we're going to do is we're going to break your swim down. No 4,000-meter swim. I want you to go to the pool. I want you to do a 1,500 nonstop. Get the hell out of the water when you're done. No more, no less. Go sit in a hot tub. And when we give athletes the permission to back away – giving myself permission to back away. I will say for all the years that I've coached, if my wife has said, uh, my wife, Laura has said this to me once, she said a million times, what would you tell your athletes? And I'm going, oh crap. I hate what she uses my own words against me. What would you tell your athletes? I got it. Oh no, no, no. You, I got to go out and get this run done. No, 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 no. What would you tell your athletes? Oh, son of a bitch. She's using my words against me, but it's true. So, when we do that and know that if this is a journey, not a destination, because all life is journey, Michael Phelps could even tell you, is there things I could have done different after all those years of success? 
he would probably give you five, sure. six things he would have done oh, different. I would say the same thing. Yep. All of us. All of us. All of us. So the all thing is, us. when we go back to being mind, we're mind-based, become more mindful, aware, and we slow down to really evaluate, going back to what I talked about is Goggin's accountability mirror. Yeah, we start to really figure out where we're at. And then we go back to saying, I responsible. I, it's not my coach. I'm responsible. I am in this position because I have failed to do this and this, or I overestimated or underestimated my capacity at this time in my life. And what everything I'm saying to you, I hold myself accountable for. For sure. I don't ever want to tell somebody else to do something if I'm not asking myself to do the same thing. And if not, then I need to get my own crap together. So I'm a living, breathing testament of what I'm preaching and what I'm uh, trying to convey uh, to an athlete. That's beautiful. Well, where can my followers find you? I use Instagram primarily, uh, Soul Swim Solutions. Uh, you could just type that in. I'm there. I do post. I will just give a little memes. I will talk about swimming from time to time or triathlon training or mindset. I am uh, uh, on my website is uh, uh, soulswimsolutions.com. Please feel to reach out to me, ask me questions, anything that may come up in this conversation that I didn't address or Jen, Coach Jen didn't address, be more than happy to talk over with you guys. This is a uh, an opportunity for two coaches to share, yes. to get vulnerable with each other and know that we're all we're both out there for the best interest of your listeners 100%. and for the best interest of both of our athletes to uh, perform at their best. And I believe, I even wrote in my book that each and every one of us have the opportunity to become not good swimmers, but great swimmers. How bad do I want to learn how to speak a second language? How bad do I want to learn how to cook grandma's cheesecake? How bad do I want to excel at something? I'll leave you with this real quick 30-second uh, story. I had an athlete, and I'll, I'll even call, call him out by name. Anthony Gilbert came to me a few, a few years, about four or five years ago. Anthony Gilbert wanted to learn how to swim. Got him in the water. He swam from one end of the pool to the other end of the pool. Held on to the wall, dear life, talking to God. You know, he's at church going, oh my God, sweet Lord Jesus, right? He's just, go, go, man, amen, preach it on. So we got him swimming. Anthony showed up and did his workouts. I've never heard him say a negative statement about uh, a workout. Never a negative statement about even when he's injured. He said, coach, I'm injured, but here's what, what I need to do. Could I work around this? He has swam. In this four-year period, he has done the swim around uh, the Florida Keys three times, medaled one time. Last summer, in 22, he 29 miles around Manhattan Island. This July, 21 miles Lake Tahoe. And right now, we're in the process of filling out his application for the English Channel. How bad do you want it? How Love bad do you it. want it? This is his thing. He has raised thousands of dollars for organizations Alzheimer's for his own father who was stricken with that disease. How bad do you want it? And I have to question myself each and every day. How bad do I want to change? If I don't, don't be hard on yourself because you didn't want it bad enough or you're not committed enough. How bad? I have metamorphosized and transitioned many times in my life from, you know, Ironman triathlete to, uh, you know, working not even in the fitness space, just in a, and moving down to Costa Rica, yada, yada, yada. So what piece of advice would you give my followers who are transforming into their 
better version of themselves into that beautiful butterfly that we all strive to be. Each and every day, it has to be at a priority in your life. I, I happen to do it first thing in the morning because it works well for me. If I don't do it in the morning, I have a tendency to get so involved with coaching, phone calls, text messages. Yes. In the morning, I get most of it done. Sometimes in the afternoon, I'll, 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 I'll uh, uh, just retreat to a quiet place and go get my reading done or uh, writing done. I journal every single day. I will not go to bed until I get a full page of my journal done. I make my mental health a priority. I make my nutrition now a priority. It wasn't always that way. Use that same example I talked to you about uh, before. I can eat this, eat this and this, this brain food. What we do is what we think. Our brain is our part of our body. Our body is part of our brain. What we put in here fuels this. What we put in our body fuels our body, right? So the reality is I make those things a priority each and every day. I've learned to get quiet. If you're a spiritual person, I pray every day. I read my Bible every day. I meditate every day. I go through a ritual every day. Chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, carry water. Rituals are so important. Yes, agreed. But we cannot put that responsibility, and I mean this with all sincerity, and I mean this with a, a sense of empathy for people. It's not my responsibility. It's not my wife's responsibility. It's not my pastor's responsibility. It's not God's responsibility. It's not my therapist's or my psychiatrist's responsibility. I have to do the work. Yes. Live by check sheets. I work living by a check sheet. It works for me on your phone. I'm old school. I like stuff on note papers. My wife would be happy if I could just keep all of these notebooks in one place. Those things to me make the person. Then you start to becoming the person you want to be. And there's a fascinating uh, book out there called um, uh, U Squared. You can go find it, Google it. It's a little, little book and it's, um, it's talking about quantum leaps. And in order to make a quantum leap, you got to let go of where you're at, be fearful of where you're at, do it anyhow. What does it say? What's that old saying? Uh, if anything you're fearful of, if you face that fear, the fear will go away. And I'm paraphrasing it. And I had to learn how to do that. Post post something. Oh, somebody's going to talk about me. Who cares? Who cares? Um, I'm, I'm going to show up at a yoga class and um, I don't look like I belong. Who cares? I'm doing my first triathlon on a road bike. Oh my God, shut up. Who cares? They're so busy worrying about what you think of them. Oh my God. Yeah, I just... Had a conversation with an athlete yesterday. Go on your road bike. Just go and Enjoy, do it. As Nike yes. says, just do it. Just so do it. I hope that added some uh, some value. But every day, it has to be a mindful practice, awareness. And if you're not doing it, you have to stop yourself self dead in your tracks and go back to what you've committed to. And it's simply commitment. So I hope that answered that question. That answers and, it beautifully. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Frank Soul, thank you for all of your support over the years. It's just been absolutely incredible. I love the relationship that we've developed over the last four years. Rooster agrees. And, um, <laughs> and uh, thank you for joining me on the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. It has been an uh, absolute blessing and an honor to be here. And um, you have a very powerful message that uh, people need to hear. People like yourself will draw to, to you who God in the universe wants to be in your arena. Do not 
ever give up on who you are and what you do for uh, for people. So uh, God bless and uh, keep doing what you do, my dear. Thank you. And y'all, if you are loving the Everyday Healthy Human podcast, what we need you to do is we need you to share, comment, like, all of that fun stuff. Because remember, in Costa Rica and combining my Texas roots, I say pure vida, y'all. Uh, Ciao. Love it. Love it. Love it.